0: Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Charlie, and we're to 20 something I DID IT! I remembered this part. And we're to 20 somethings rereading our favourite childhood book with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode, we are reading chapter six of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. So grab a glass and listen along on this drunken reminiscent journey. Woo! Woo! We're back, oh. Jesus! Oh no! If you just drag things, it will move. Yeah, well done. Sorry. Um. So basically, we recently uh switched to <laughs> a new organisational system. Um. For Charlie our podcast, loves our organisational system. Oh I told man! I've told her to get in company contact with the company as our next sponsor. Because <laughs> trust me, like I, everyone I've ever met right now, I just talk about this organisational system. Previously, we were using Google Sheets. Google Sheets, which we... like can be great, but it got to the point where we have so many elements to an episode. Yeah that it was unmanageable. Exactly. And now, like, do you... It's not just me. Do you genuinely mean. No, no, it's great. I just take the piss out of you because you're so funny about it. It's great. No, I love it. Like, you're also like a highly organized type A. Like, come on. <laughs> no, You've got I to am. admit, it is erotic how like organized. No, it's pretty beautiful. No, it's pretty beautiful. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, uh, we won't say the name right now because we want them to pay us to say the name. But um, no, like, genuinely, like, I will send Hannah like two minute long videos she just sent- about how- She just sent me a video about the back end of our podcast. Like, she was showing me like putting something into an episode and she was like, look, I can do this and open out this bit. And I was like, you're such a nerd. The reason Hannah's confused is because we've recently switched this. I've used it for like a while in my personal life. Hannah's only just learning it. She's so, she's like, ah! I accidentally just dragged a patron into the review. Shout out. like, <laughs> Charlie, help me. Anyway, welcome to chapter six, episode 58. As you would have heard at the end of the last episode, we spoke for way too long and had to split the chapters in half, which is good for you guys because you get a more deep dive into the chapters mm-hmm. especially like this next chapter like i wrote quite a bit of notes but also just like a length of chapter wise it was long so yeah as you guys will have heard for the first time in a long time we split these chapters in half which means for starters we're continuing the alcohol harrison you got your challenge spread over two episodes well done you you played the system yes so accidentally are... so for you guys it's the same it's been two weeks but, for but us, this time it's raspberry for us We're still drinking our three cans of White Claw to see if it gets us drunk. The answer is yes. And. (laughs) Really? Really? Or is it the fact we shotgunned one? Shut up. Or if we had a half of one. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) So now we're on raspberry White Claw. It's nice. I really like it. I really like it, apart from the fact it's fizzy and it's making my mm. stomach go. No, yeah, we've both got really bad indigestion. I'm sorry. It's terrible. We're not professional podcasters at all. So we have some patrons to thank a supersonic size thank you to Stephen, a Lego size thank you to LJ Hugs. A humongous size thank you to Harrison, our new producer level patron who is making us drink this much white claw. An Aristotle size thank you to Alex. And a heffalump size thank you to Hannah. That was a good one. I know. They have all joined our patrons and are helping to support this podcast. So on to our favourite review of this episode, Uh, this this review is just simply titled Yes. And this is by Dr. Dalek Twelve Exclamation Mark, who says in Caps Lock I love this podcast. They they censored the word fucking basically. It is amazing. They're so funny and this is this is the part why I included this. And they are just good people with good values. Keep up the amazing work. We I'm, have great values. Looking I put like this in because moral values. They left this review the same week we released the episode where I was like I would, I would kill beat tel- up a 12-year-old 12 12 10 10 year year old. Old single-handedly. You were like, yes. I wouldn't do it in a gang, but I would single-handedly beat up a 10-year-old. So apparently that's having good values and being good people. Thanks. Thank you. We really appreciate it. On to chapter six, the noble and most ancient house of black. Somehow Mrs. Weezy doesn't think Hermione will just tell Ginny everything no. that they just heard. Which she, I, d- d- g- she orders them to go to bed with no no talking. As if. When and is she's that like, ever going to Ginny happen? will probably be asleep. I'm like, Ginny is not fucking asleep. You do not know your own daughter. No, of course she's not. <laughs> you idiot. Um, also, Mrs. Wheezy was gone long enough. Was she literally watching Ginny get ready to bed? Just like, get into bed, bitch. <laughs> go to sleep. Go to sleep whilst I watch you. They go to bed and immediately start to discuss what they've just heard. Fred and George apparate in. And the first thing they discuss, which... <laughs> It is Wait, the- this use of the word weapon. But but before that, uh, so so the twins operate in and like they end up on Ron's legs and they're like, oh, sorry, it's harder in the dark. No, it isn't. How? No, it isn't. How is apparating harder in the they're dark? Just, they're just making up for their poor apparating. I, ju- I just feel like, no, I feel like it's JK Rowling had not actually worked out how apparating works yet because oh, no. as we learn later on, it's just that you envisage... Inv- inv- in- in- invis- in, yeah. Invisible. I was like invisible. Like, no, I think no, it's no, one of those <laughs> things that the twins say that are just like, yeah, yeah, it's harder in the dark because they don't know. The, the, the boys don't know. So they're just like, yeah, it's it harder in the sense. dark. They immediately start discussing the weapon and oh my god, the misuse of this word. Um they think it's something worse than a Vada They think it's something physical that it's going to have to be hidden at Hogwarts, but because it's a weapon, it must be bigger than the philosopher's stone. It, the brain cells. I know this is serious fault for calling information a weapon, but oh my Christ, Fred and George, you're 17 and you're like, what if it's a physical weapon? It's not a fucking atomic bomb. What do you... Maybe it is an atomic bomb. Maybe Voldemort just should have used an atomic bomb. Um, So there's an episode, Buffy, right? Where, like, it's a big whole thing where basically there's, like, a few evil vampires and they're trying to raise this demon from the past, basically. And, like, all of, like, the kind of old books that they have all about this demon are all like, oh my god, like, it's the end of the world. Like, no weapon alive could ever kill this demon. Like, this demon is, like bad shit like apocalypse shit like he will kill the entire world once he's alive there is no stopping him like you know he was he he was alive like three thousand years ago when literally there was no weapon that could stop him literally you cannot if they get him alive this is the end of the world like it is big bad shit right and then basically buffy tries to stop them bringing this demon back and she fails and they bring this demon back and it's like holy shit he is He's, he's going to bring about the end of the world. He's going to kill everyone. And then they're like, this book written hundreds and hundreds of years ago saying that no weapon alive could kill this demon... Might be a bit out of date. <laughs> um, and then basically they get a rocket launcher and they just blow the steam up. And it's like the most anticlimactic, hilarious thing. And I feel like this is the thing, same thing. It's like, yeah, this, like, this what, weapon. Yeah, they're like, what could be compared to the Nevada Cadaver? Something that kills a load of people at once. And I'm like, I don't know. Did you maybe study it's a machine what, gun. And, or I'm like, I don't know. Did you study World War Two? Did you see what happened in Nagasaki? Maybe. Exactly. Maybe, maybe. He's just getting an atomic bomb. Voldemort has found a nuke. Yeah, and, and he's just like... <laughs> I'll just nuke them all. I mean, Voldemort, that would probably work if you just nuke Dictor the it same would thing. It's just like the wizards are like this mysterious weapon. It's literally just like he's got a machine gun. <laughs> like It would be quicker. It would be the quicker. Same thing. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're not being that stupid. So they go to sleep and the next day they head into the drawing room and they're going to be deep, doxying the curtains which led me to the question so they're like oh no there's loads of doxies in the curtains and a dead puff skin under the sofa how do magical creatures know to infest magical houses and not muggle houses i don't know i think it's one of these things like we never really find out how magic works and we kind of we get that like fobbed off with the like oh electronics don't work at at hogwarts because there's too much magic so i think that we basically can ascertain that magic is some kind of particle that causes some kind of interference yeah and i think like you know when like luna's like oh like she wears glasses and you can kind of see oh it's the um the rax yeah so i guess maybe that that's kind of the argument that like maybe there is like a physical presence of magic mm. and maybe that's what attracts yeah because like these like doxies clearly don't live in muggle housing Mm. but like the black house has been left at home f- alone for donkey's years but so have muggle houses so like why has it got this infestation yeah I guess that there must be like a lingering kind of magic particle which is what attracts, it attracts these magical creatures yeah hmm. Sirius has a bag of dead rats that's it that was the sentence I wrote them um- also, the Weasleys are pocketing the Doxies. Yes, Friend to George. Work on their um yeah the skyving Weasley twins are the boxes. skyving snack boxes. Yeah, Harry overhears Kingsley saying like Kingsley enters the hallway down below, and Harry overhears him saying Hestia's just relieved me, which although Harry doesn't really pick up on the teenagers were telling Harry that the Order are always talking about guard duty. They're talking about guard duty, and Harry's like, oh, it's me. They were guarding me, and they're like, oh, of course. But this lets us know without Harry picking up on it that Harry wasn't the guard duty no. But Harry doesn't pick up on this, but we as the readers should be. And we, like, we as the readers and me reading it for this podcast was like, oh, we should know that something else is being guarded Mm. because Hestia's just relieved me. What's Kingsley guarding if it's not Harry? Part of me wishes that there was just like a big fuck off weapon. Like, it's such a like Harry Potter, JK Rowling thing to be like, oh, the weapon (laughs) was a prophecy. (laughs) No, fucking let it be a really big gun. Let it be a big wand. It's a really big one. No, that's book seven. It's no, an even no. bigger one. Because that's not a bigger one, it's the elder one. I just want there to be a really big one. Like a broomstick sized one. Like, yeah. Like, big. Fred and George explain skyving snack boxes to Harry, which sounds fucking cool, to be honest. They've already got a mail order service up for Weasley Wizard Wheezes, which is impressive in the time since Harry's given them the money. It's been four weeks and they've got a mail order service running up. Yeah, they, they are, are a lot hustlers. Be- they are a lot better business people than uh, us two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hashtag girl bosses. Or is it just bosses? When it's men, it's just bosses. bosses. It's only like if you're a woman. That you get girl put in front of that because you have to like yeah. justify why you're good. Exactly exactly. Feminism. Hashtag feminism. Hashtag girl boss. Monungus brings in a load of stolen cauldrons. Um, And whilst this all is going on, Creature enters the room. He keeps muttering things under his breath that he thinks about like the Weasleys and Harry and Hermione. He's just like muttering. He even calls Hermione a mudblood, but he's talking in an undertone where he Doesn't seem to know whether if they can hear him. No, but I feel like this is the narrator being like, "Oh, he can't hear us," but actually, like, I feel like its creature can. He just doesn't give it. Like he's doing it on purpose. It's like passive aggressive. Yeah, and like Sirius comes in and is really, really rude and dismissing of him, but it's very clear that Sirius like hasn't tried to connect into him at all, and. Like, Hermione brings up that he's not right in the head. He's been locked in the house. And it's true. Creature has been locked in this house alone since Sirius' parents have died, which we know they were still alive when Sirius left at 16, but we can assume they've been dead 10 plus years based on the state of the house and, like, hints dropped. So he's been locked inside a house alone for over 10 years. He has been starved of attention, but also real purpose. We know that house Selv's although maybe not correctly, thrive off a perceived sense of purpose and job worth and things like Mm. that. And he hasn't had any of that. So, like, of course he is insane. Like, he's literally been locked inside there alone. And Sirius just comes in and starts abusing him without any evidence of him actually trying to connect with him. Yeah, it's also weird because it's like... I would imagine if, like, obviously if his, like creature's entirely entire family had died he essentially would be set free and he could just go we can kind of assume we don't really get it confirmed but we can oh, assume yeah, that it'd I just guess. be like he had, but i feel like it's because serious mm. still actually is alive that he has to stay, stay in, that, in house. that house and you can completely see like creature like resenting and we kind of know that actually like he doesn't the thing is he like he should serve tonks but he doesn't mm. and we know that like he he does serve bellatrix but bellatrix is as equally related as tonks yeah so i feel like when you have house households with extended family it's less it's not more optional but yeah. i guess more optional do you know what i mean so it's actually it's like it's the fact that sirius is still alive that means that creature gets tied to this house for like 10 years without anyone where actually if sirius was dead he could have just gone on to another family yeah so, so like, he resents Sirius, and Sirius obviously like hugely resents him because he's a living reminder of what Sirius uh-huh. grew up with. But instead of Sirius coming in and going like, "Let's talk about what happened. Like I'm living here now. Let's discuss it." Yeah, he is immediately like dismissive and rude to him because so this creature is muttering in his bath without realizing that creature has lived here alone for ten years, and of course, creature sees it as more of his house than Sirius's. When he's lived here alone for ten years, yeah, like not not ten years, years before that, but alone yeah. for like a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. So Sirius explains about his family and how dark they were, and that his brother was a Death Eater, but that the rest of his family wasn't, but yeah. kind of did agree with it, which I find really interesting because we kind of know that like the Wizarding community is quite small, and we've had discussions before that it seems like. Voldemort has like a huge following given the size of the general wizarding community and we kind of had that discussion about whether actually more of the wizarding community is like you know we kind of said at the time but obviously there's kind of like being racist and then there's being like actively kind of like you know there's a difference between like being day-to-day racist and then going out and killing someone because of their race right (laughs) neither is okay I see Neither what you're is okay. Yeah, but, but there's because- like a difference between being racist and then being like full on like evil psychopathic. And I think there's a really interesting sentence that Sirius says which relates to that. He says something like, a lot of people believed in what Voldemort was saying until he started showing how determined he was to get his ends. So like yeah. Sirius basically says like, there was a lot of people that believed in the purity of blood and the- and that we shouldn't be mixing with muggles. Until Voldemort started being like, I'll kill people. And then people were like, no, don't go that far. But that is that level of like, yeah, okay, so Regulus is in the, yeah, kill people party. We know he wasn't, but like Sirius thinks he was. But there was a lot of other people that Sirius just knew societally who were in the purebloods of the best without being like, well, we shouldn't kill people. Yeah, but then it's it's kind of interesting because we said before that it seemed disproportionately high how Mm. many people sign up to be a part of Voldemort's bullshit. Mm. And that actually, you know, versus kind of the society we know, is this actually representative or not? I guess you can never really quantify it. Mm. But then actually this, like, to know that there's actually people out there like Sirius's parents who... Do agree with what Voldemort is saying but then haven't actually signed up to be Death Eaters it's like horrifying because it, it suggests that actually his numbers are even bigger and I think that this is maybe like you know we don't love Fantastic Beasts but this is maybe one of the more interesting kind of themes that it's mm. exploring which yeah. is very topical to the wars is actually the people that kind of were complicit and went along with things yeah, 100%. Um, in kind of like a more passive way and like don't get me wrong this is absolutely not me saying that there is a level of racism that is more Acceptable than the other, but I think that we have to be real in being like there is being racist, which is wrong, and then there's murdering people because of their race, which is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but also like a whole other level. And I, like... I, and I also think this is a tendency that I see within like when people are having discourse about like echo chambers and like the further left-wing and things like that and it's a discourse within like oh all people who have these views are disgusting and complicit in murder and that's not necessarily true but there is a lot more people that are just complicit in thinking oh these are the views i have but you know murder isn't good like oh like They might hold racist views, but murder is, quote-unquote, too far. And then it's a small number of people that do the murdering, but there's a much wider of people that you don't see as much, which are the much more dangerous people who just think, oh, but... You know, it's fine, those views. Like, that is what I believe in. I'm just not going to say it. Because you don't see them, they're more dangerous. Yeah, and there's also the people that, like, don't connect the dots between their views and actual deaths. Mm. Like, not necessarily, like, your, you know, stereotypical Avada Kedavra murder. But, you know, if we're talking about this in real terms, but the people that actually don't believe that disabled people should get benefits, the people that don't believe in immigration, Mm. like, things like that, you know, their views actually you know the people that don't believe that they should be wearing face masks their views results in death that's not a direct murder but i think that you get a lot of people that kind of have those views but completely dissociate the fact that actually Mm. you know they voted for the conservative party that in my view is like a violent act against disabled people Mm. yeah and it's like not not connecting those dots because of the discourse around it doesn't like but that's also, like, access to education. The discourse around it doesn't allow you to see that that is yeah. causing these effects. Yeah, and not like, you know, we don't mean education necessarily in terms of, like, you know, in school, but education in terms of, like, access to information. The yeah. information, whether it's, you know, against a paywall or not, and, you know, whether it's kind of, like, easily accessible. And, you know, definitely when you turn on your news on the TV, it's it's incredibly biased. Yeah. And you don't really get access to the same information. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you can't exactly necessarily always blame people for having these views that are biased when they haven't had the access to the same information and levels of privilege of being allowed the time and space to learn that we have. Definitely. Anyway, So tangent. we also learned that at 16, Sirius ran away from home I and mean, he actually lived with the Potters, which is a really incredible story, which, like, I know there's a lot of bits of Harry Potter that we're like, oh, I'd love to see this in something. I'd love to see this. But I would really love to see a short written story about this. Mm. Um, not necessarily on screen, a written story where Sirius... Left his family home and went to live with the Potters and, like, the Potters' reaction to this and all of this. But the thing is, it's, like, it's for... He says it's for one summer. So, like, it was someone summer when he's 16 and he, like, moved away and he lived with the Potters for, like, a summer and then the summer after that, he kind of says that he kind of worked and, like, supported and kind of got And he flat. got his own flat, yeah. So I assume yeah. maybe it's for the summer and maybe the Christmas as well. Yeah, but which is at most eight weeks. Yeah. So that's not actually that long and when you think about it like Harry spends more time over the course of the seven books living at the Weasleys. I know but I suppose Harry always knows he's going back so he never like packs up his entire life. Yeah. (laughs) It definitely is different but it kind of like says a lot about the Weasleys I feel like. Yeah definitely. Oh no and I definitely said that there's a really beautiful mirroring in Sirius being semi-adopted by the Potters and Harry then being semi-adopted by the Weasleys. There's this really beautiful mirroring of these boys who feel like lost by their own family and who feel cut off from their own family based on like the background they grew up in finding these surrogate families in like places they feel like and and sirius has only only has connection to harry through james's befriending of him james then took him in Mm. and then james's own son needed taking in by a family and the Weasleys did that. And there's yeah. this really beautiful, like, sequence of events mirroring and kindness in these people for taking in these, these yeah. boys. And it's, like, extra kind of, like, heartwarming when you think about, like, the fact that Harry was essentially adopted by the Weasleys. He, he couldn't actually be without it, of course, kind of breaking the spell, his protection spell yeah. over him. But, like, he, for all intents and purposes, was adopted by the Weasleys and his... His introduction to the Weasleys was the fact that he happened to be near the platform at exactly the right time to hear Mrs. Weasley say the yeah. word muggle. And that is so magical that it's literally like these are the first wizards outside of Hagrid that he came across. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's so fucking lucky that it was those wizards. Yeah. Um. So <clears throat> Sirius explains how he's related to Tonks, the Malfoy, even the Malfoys, even Mrs. Weasley, and how basically all of, like, pure-blood wizarding families yeah are related to each other. It raises definitely a lot of questions about, like, the Weasleys, because we kind of see them as this, like, through-and-through, through, like, blood traitor family. And kind of the way that Sirius references them kind of goes back not many generations, but definitely at least, like, one generation, like, back to the Weasley, because he's like, if there's ever been like a a blood-traitor family, it's the Weasleys. And that can't be And that can't be Molly and Arthur, because Molly and Arthur are both pure blood. Exactly. So it's got to be other members of the Weasley family who have caused this blood-traitor thing. Exactly, but then how are they still pure blood if they are that into blood-traitor? Are they... Have they somehow coincidentally just still married pure blood? Like that seems really sus. Like, well, I think it is coincidental. Like they both happen to be pure blood because Ron is pure blood. Yeah, like Ron is pure blood, but it's just like I don't know. Like I, I would love to learn more about their family tree because whilst I definitely think there's a certain element of coincidence where like a few people in that family could definitely keep marrying pure blood, it definitely raises. Qu- yeah, because they're not on... Like, J.K. Rowling once wrote a list of like the 17 pureblood families and she said that the Weasleys have been crossed off a long time ago. But if they've been crossed off a long time ago, why... How are Molly and Arthur still pureblood? I guess like because families, especially because we know that, for instance, like Molly and Arthur have a lot of children. So maybe they are a family that always have a lot of children. And maybe mm. Molly just happens you know molly and arthur just happen to be that one pure strain and also molly isn't a weasley although molly is a weasley now she comes from the pruitt family which are still on the list yeah. of pure blood wizards but do you know what i mean it's like you get so many generations like it like you can you can argue that there's like a lot of like You have to argue that there is a huge amount of incest going on that any pure blood families... And not only incest, but I definitely think there's a lot of cover-ups of actually people marrying into half-blood and fobbing the numbers. Oh, yeah. No, 100% there's a lot of lying here. Exactly. 100%. Yeah, exactly. But then... You just can't believe that, coincidentally, the Weasleys are still just, like, a pure-blood family, that they may go against the kind of like, uh, pure-blood kind of, you know, uh, messaging, I guess. Yeah. Like, But I don't, there's only so much that can be coincidence, and I guess maybe you literally could argue that, like the weasley family that we know uh, are only one of many many tiers of weasley and that maybe they're the only pure blood ones and everywhere all of their cousins are i also half-blood. think that as far as i've researched around it there is different elements of pure blood so there is pure blood in the sense of literally pure like the malfoys and the blacks who have never married outside these 17 families but there is also okay so this is where it gets a bit complicated Harry is half-blood, even though both of his parents are wizards. Yeah. Because his mother is muggle-born. As far as I've read, once you get another generation down, you're back into pure blood. Because you're now two generations of wizards and wizards. Which just actually doesn't make sense. So there's like almost different levels of pure blood. There's like pure, pure... And then there's like pure in the sense, okay, if you go three generations up, there's still wizards. But if you go one yeah. more up, there's a muggle in there. Exactly. It's how, it, how it's defined. Because like to be honest, I find it unrealistic that there's even 17. I find it unrealistic that there are any, any. families at all that are pure blood. It, w- like, it would absolutely. be impossible at this it point. Is, it is impossible. And also like, it's not only impossible because it's like, where does this start? Does this start with the... the what are we descended from? Not Neanderthals. Are we in the Neanderthals? I thought there was but another we're one as well. Originally, descended from apes? I no, mean, no, but there's all of the different. There's the Neanderthals and there's the there's, there's loads, loads of different, different levels. I, I don't know the names, but I know there's. But loads like, different do you know ones. what I mean? Yeah. Like, at some point, there was a first. Like these, like the first kind of wizards that they're like. Quoting in their family did not fucking just appear out of nowhere. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. No, there's so Actually, much lying going on here. So it's, much lying. It's not, they might be like 17 families in far of like how far we can track it back. But I'm sorry, at some point there was a first and that first was probably not a wizard. No. And if it was, that would be so far ago back to the cavemen yeah. that there is no way... Where- Basically, what we're saying is that pure blood simply cannot be a thing. It is just lying and pride. Yeah, and actually, especially when you consider what actually makes a pure blood. I e, ha- if Harry has children with Ginny and Ginny is a pure blood and Harry is a half blood, if Harry and Ginny have children, are their children then pure or half bloods? Because their Muggle ancestors are now at their great grandparent level. Surely that makes them exactly. Pure blood. Just none of them, it, it makes sense. And even if it makes sense, surely someone that Ha- is born with wizarding powers despite having no wizarding bloodline, surely that makes them more powerful than someone that only has their wizarding abilities because it's been passed on through blood. Well, exactly. And I think there is. Well, no, I think it's not there, but I feel like what would have been a really good implication in the storyline actually would have been if there were more cases of squibs within this 17-close yeah. family network than there were within the muzzle network. And weaker because the gene on. gets through weaker and weaker. Weaker and more. and this, even if it doesn't actually the gene get weaker and weaker maybe it's that people worry that it does and maybe this is actually why they are so violent against Muggleborns because they feel threatened that actually they have some kind of more pure undiluted form of magic mm. than people do that have been passed through after generation, 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 generation and maybe this is where part of it does stem from obviously not Voldemort we know vo- Voldemort's reasons but maybe for the the kind of pure blood wizarding community maybe there is an underlying fear that actually their magic is actually more watered down than Muggleborns. borns yeah. yeah and also now i think of it isn't it so stupid that Mr. Malfoy continues to take the piss out of Mr. Weasley for having multiple children, when actually Mr. Malfoy's in the stupid wrong, for if he wants to continue a powerful bloodline, why have you only had one child? Exactly. You idiot! Mr. Weasley's in the right for having... He's had seven pure-blood children, and you've had one. Who's winning here in terms of pure-blood? Mr. Weasley Exactly! Is... You also, idiot! I'm sorry, Mr. Weasley clearly loves the fuck. He clearly is spurred are amazing look at all these men he's had look at all these men men everywhere men Uh. so yeah we learn that like in all of this sirius and tonks are what i call second cousins i don't know if this is actually the def is the definition of second cousin your cousin's child because that's what i I call my second cousin but i don't know anyway tonks and draco are actually first cousins they are actually cousins the same way when you think of our cousins um not our we're not related (laughs) I was like, wow, news. <laughs> um, and Dro- we learn that Dromeda and Narcissa Malfoy are Bellatrix's sisters. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Molly and Arthur should be in there. We also learned that Sirius got his own house at 17, which just makes him the coolest fucking kid in the world. And he must have had so many women just and men just oh, piling yeah. up to sleep with him. Just mm. like all of them. I would have been in that pile. Yep. <laughs> um, Harry and Sirius discuss the trial and... Harry asks, if the trial goes badly, can I come and live with you if I get expelled? (laughs) And Sirius says, we'll see, which implies at this point that he knows that Harry can't. No, he does. Which is sad. But because like a few, like a few paragraphs before this, we have a whole spiel about how safe Grimmauld place is. That not only did um, Sirius's parents put every level of protection on it, but then Dumbledore has as well, which like begs the question: Is like how safe can Harry be? There is a cap on how safe you can be, yeah. And really, genuinely, is the is the blood magic genuinely keeping him this safe? Yes. That it's actually... almost like a bubble because you have like if he could go to like Grumbled Place and Hogwarts, which is some of the safest place in the country, and still not be as safe as he would be in Privet, Privet Drive. Drive. Like, really really. And like, I I can buy the blood magic being that strong that he is more safe, but like, proportionately by like that much, really. Yeah. And before we get to the bit that is like, oh my god, I wanted to point out the bit where Ginny slams shut a music box that is making them all feel sleepy and drowsy. And I wrote that this is an amazing, very tiny example that Ginny has incredible power over possessive things because she's experienced it in book two. Like, she experienced being possessed. And now, over all that, Adults, including Sirius, including Mrs. Weasley, including Harry. She's like, has the sense to shut this music box. She is extremely powerful over possessive objects. Yep. Literally exactly the same night where I had. You guys can see, but the moment <laughs> she like I like I dance 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 dumb dumb like It's just such a little line where I'm like, Oh my God, I just love it Oh my it. god She's the only one that's just like I'm gonna shut that. Yeah. Like Sirius it's- who has been around dark magic is like, Oh but yeah, and like even Harry that we know later on No, we already know at this point that he's good at uh, throwing off things like uh Serious Curse and Yeah. He, he doesn't, but Ginny's just like, ah, I'm going to shut that shit. <laughs> like, love her. Brilliant. The power oh, in Such this... a good little tidbit. Yes. And then we get the line. Oh, the line. A heavy locket that none of them could open. But Neil read this bit, didn't he? Neil read this bit. He doesn't realise. He doesn't, doesn't realise. So, <clears throat> for, for you guys who are a bit behind. So Neil, like, knows Harry Potter quite well. But he hasn't reread books four through seven since when they came out. So for this podcast, cause he comes on once a book, he is rereading them. He's read five and six now. And I said, Oh, is there anything you picked up on in book five? Anything you want to come in for? And he said, he wants to come in for the department of mysteries. That's where he's coming in. And I said, Oh, is there anything else like you picked up on anything you noticed that relates to like book seven? He was like, no and there was at some point when we were talking and i can't remember but something oh, we came were saying up. we were saying there's two bits in book seven which relate back to a previous book that give you chills that's what mm. it was and he yeah. was like what bits so basically to summarize neil does not realize that the locket is mentioned here no and we're like, is there anything we <laughs> can do at the podcast because i know he's been reading a bit ahead can we somehow stop him not without telling him why can we not just say, like, the bit and then somehow I don't think get he'll to read it? I don't think he'll read book seven till we're closer because by reading book but six, like, he's got no, too far No, 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 but ahead. I mean as in, like, when he does get to that point, is there any way we can... I just... It's too good. I don't know. I can keep asking what chapter he's on and just film him. Yeah. If you can try and get... con, uh, Like, we just... The people need to... I'll try to get it. But yeah, he hasn't realised this bit, but it still gave me chills. Like, yeah. I've read it so many times. It's honestly... Also, I, what I didn't realise till this rereading was it's literally mentioned within two paragraphs of the whole Regulus thing. And something I picked up on, which they which they I wish they'd put in, is they mention reading Regulus's uh, name on the tapestry and they just call him Regulus Black. And I actually wish in this book it was specifically mentioned with his middle name mm-hmm. on the tapestry, just to like make that whole tie in a bit better. But I love the fact that the Regulus thing is actually like two paragraphs up and then we get this like little mention of the locket. Yeah. I think I've mentioned this before, but I had this spoiled for me. I don't, how on? Would you, yeah, you have mentioned it. I just it was understand. like between this and the last book where basically my best friend, when I was literally like a child at this time, his her, her mum had worked it out and she just told us. How? Like, and I I don't think she had actually worked out. She'd clearly read it somewhere, like, online. But, like, she just told us. She was like, oh, yeah, no, it, it was, like, the locket. And then, actually, R.A.B. is Regulus. And she just told us before it was actually revealed in the books. Like, I'm, we were actual children. We were so young. I don't know. Don't be I'm, that dick. I'm impressed you remember it because it was just a theory. It, no, but it was that kind of theory that was, like... You know, when it's like R.A.B. and it's like Regulus Black and also there was a locket with the S on, you're like... No, but it doesn't even say an S. It just says a heavy locket that none of them could open. It was still, you know, like, you you just know. Like, you just don't... You hear that and you're like, oh, -oh. okay. Because it was when there was a whole, who is R.A.B.? And then it was like, well, it's Regulus Black and also there was this mention of there being like a mysterious dark, like, locket that none of them could open. And you're just like, like punch in the gut like oh and i'm just like i'm i'm sorry sue sue you're why did we were why why did you ruin this for us anyway but i also just wish that like like i do remember reading this moment in book seven but i wish i was a bit older to like fully appreciate this moment like, ugh. yeah, I've got um my cousin's children are just starting Harry Potter. They've just reached the age where they're kind of like old You're enough gonna be to. Books, I'm like, let me watch you, <laughs> literally, in like many years' time. <laughs> so uh, days then pass, and it's basically like a montage of them cleaning different rooms in the house. And like, a, I need a cleaning montage that is similar to. Okay, this is specific, but also general, right? 2000s rom-com shopping montages, mm. specifically the Wild Child charity shop shopping montage. Yes, I need that as a cleaning montage. Yes. I just want to pause for imagination. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the song? It was, It was so easy that night. Should have been... In- if any of you haven't seen Wild Child, go and correct that mistake immediately. Yes. Um. um so also we learned that Sirius is staying in the house, and I quote, Lupin is staying in the house, and I quote, with Sirius. You can't see us. Uh, We are jamming our fingers together. Like a penis. Two peni. I don't think that's how people with two peni have sex. I wouldn't know. I don't think it's like this. We do, we, we'll, we can never know. I guess we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> yeah, so Harry is basically just keeping himself distracted by tidying. He actually says that he likes it because as long as he's busy, he's not thinking about the hearing, which is really sad. Um, me and Hannah have said many times before how anxious we get when our, like, manager's... I just like, can we have a catch-up? And we're like, no! And we're like, oh my god, I can't believe we're being fired, even though we've done nothing wrong. <laughs> like, oh my god, look at this, like, report I just gave him where I got a oh, congratulations. It's so weird that I'm being fired. <laughs> Literally. And, like, this just honestly, like, reading these, like, this bit just made me, like, sick to my stomach with anxiety. Because, like, if I even have, like, a couple of hours between, like, getting the invite for actually, like... Mm-mm. HR or my manager wanting to speak to me, bearing in mind I don't think I've ever actually like been properly disciplined for something. Like I don't really do Oh you have. Yeah, Hannah is a fucking rebel. She honestly, she's just terrible. But the anxious feeling I get when it's literally like I've done nothing wrong, and then the catch-up is always, oh yeah, like how's your workload? Yeah, are you good this week? Okay, cool. Bye. And you're like, <laughs> And it's and just, it's just so like I hyperventilated for a day and a half over this. Um or like it's just HR and they're like, oh, I just wanted to see how you're getting on. And you're like, I thought you were going to, to fire me. me. Um but yeah, the fact that Harry, like, actually this is me when I have no reason and have like no reason su- to suspect I'm getting in trouble, but there's actually Harry knowing he's in trouble. Like the fact that he has to go through like about like a week. With this knowledge, it's like than a, a week date. It's like two weeks. Oh, okay, but like I don't know how he did it. I genuinely would have just offed myself. Like I just get anxious reading this. Like I don't know how. I don't know how. I wouldn't have slept. Okay, so that's it for the chapter for this episode and now we have a question. So this is quite an important one that we actually like wanted to address outside of this question. Um, so this um question is from Kristen um, and it says, in earlier episodes you mentioned that you were against the casting of Johnny Depp in the Fantastic Beasts movies because of the abuse allegations against him from Amber Heard. Have you now changed your stance on this since it has become public knowledge that Amber was actually the abuser and not the one being abused and if not, why not? So I want to address this on on two accounts the first account is that we wouldn't like we were against obviously the casting of johnny depp for the abuse how however we were also against the casting of johnny depp on the fact that he is not a good actor anymore and that he was not right for the part Also, that he wasn't right on the part like we actually both said we wanted a german national yeah or even or just like, anyone or, european or anyone middle and also middle someone european. that can act. his acting was terrible but and that's and kind of the lesser point that's the here. lesser point yeah however like i i i'm really i really really strongly disagree i really really hate the fact that everyone has basically gone because basically what happened was abba heard was like here is all my evidence publicly that johnny depp has abused me and then johnny depp came along and was like here is my, all my evidence publicly that actually amber heard has abused me and everyone just went okay i've seen the most latest information that actually amber was violent against johnny and everyone just went well he was the victim and there is no way that actually both people in this situation could have been the victim (laughs) yeah and i also think like at the time we made the statement johnny's evidence hadn't come out and only amber's had and i'm sorry like i will never regret believing a woman's evidence yeah, like but, i will never in my life regret believing a woman's evidence because it is so essential we believe women when they yeah. come out and tell their stories of abuse. It is it is so essential. There are so many women in our society that aren't abused and we have to, as a society, believe women. Do I believe that both Amber and Johnny were abusive? Yes. Yes, yes, I do. essentially. And that Johnny was a yeah. victim and Amber I, was a victim? Yes. I don't know why people act like abuse is mutually exclusive. I think that these are two deeply fucked up, horrible people that mm. were in a relationship with each other. Just because Johnny has evidence that Amber was abusing him does not mean that it wasn't going the other way as uh, as well. Two people can abuse each other and this is the reality for a lot of people and I actually think that this is like such an important, I think like such an important thing to actually acknowledge and that actually this example of Johnny and Amber is really important to say that actually abuse can go both ways. Yeah, 100%. Um, she literally had recordings of him that people have just magically forgotten. Yeah, because Johnny's evidence came later and also like... This sounds difficult to say, but like at this point, Johnny has been fired from the Fantastic Beasts films. This is after he lost his libel case with the son. The libel basi- the, the son basically branded him as an abuser. He fired a libel case, which the son is refusing saying their evidence is sound. And the Fantastic Beasts films fired him based on that. That means that the Sun's though The Sun is a shitty, shitty yeah. newspaper, that the evidence that it was not liable, that it was true, is clear. And also, they can both be abusive yeah. I genuinely like I, I'm really sorry I do not understand why people are acting like abuse is mutually exclusive people can abuse each other in a relationship and I think that this is a really important thing here I don't I don't side with either party here I think that they are both disgusting yeah. people that both were abusive emotionally and physically against but also each other like, it will it, it will be it will take me living in a different society to ever feel bad or apologize for believing a woman's statement on abuse uh, it, exactly w- it, I'm I'm never going to going to apologize or not believe in that because there are so many cases where women aren't believed who need to be believed and yes amber was also abusive but that doesn't what's scaring me is the rhetoric around this case is siding with the fact that women shouldn't be believed when they come out against abuse and that really really scares me yeah um because 99 point i think like two percent of the time yeah, women are telling the truth when they talk about their abuse and exactly. that's a really important thing to remember yeah um but to summarize basically this podcast starts on this is that we believe that both people here were in the wrong and that both people were abusers um i don't believe that either amber or johnny should ever work again no. but even outside of the abuse allegations. I never think that Johnny was the right person. I don't think that he had the right look, the right style of acting, the right heritage. Um I have said from the beginning, Hannah can confirm, I have always said that Mads Mickelson just should have gotten the part he shouldn't have even been asked to audition <laughs> um when Johnny was announced I was like wait I what? always assumed in my brain that it would be Mads like obviously like given a certain age um and then I was like wait what, what? um so to actually now is it it's like properly confirmed no, it's now Mads isn't it yeah 100%. um um uh, so that has made me really happy because I've said that from the start. I'm also very smug that I fucking called it. <laughs> um, me and Neil did have, have one conversation where we were like, they should alternate it for like a good actor <laughs> and a terrible actor every other film. So it's like, film one, Colin Farrell, who is amazing. Ugh. Film two, Johnny Depp, who I is would awful. I have been mad. I know it was Polly Juice, but I would have been so happy if they brought Colin Firth back. Like... Not Colin Firth. I, Co- Colin, Colin Farrell. Farrell. Jesus, not Colin Firth. No, <laughs> Colin Farrell. I, I, I would like to see that. However, but yeah. Then book three have it Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, and then book four oh God, who did we say? Who did we say? It's um the guy that stole the Declaration of Independence. Who's that? Who's that? Oh, it's the guy everyone jokes about. <sighs> Oh my god, oh my god, wait one sec. Anyway, like, closer to the time, as we've mentioned multiple times, we will talk to you guys more seriously about whether we'll go and see that film and what you guys think of that, but we're pretty happy at the Mads Mikkelsen casting. National Treasure, that's the film. It is... Nicholas Cage. Yeah, <laughs> book four, Nicholas Cage. Book five, we want Nikolai, what's his name? Kalawaski. Yes. This is Edith just jumping in to say, I can't believe how bad drunk me messed up his name just then. It's Nikolai Costa Waldo. And I said, I mean I'm still not saying it right now because I'm not 100 percent sure how to say it, but it's a double barrel surname, not whatever garbage I just said. That was so bad. I apologize to all Danish people. Uh so the guy that played Jamie Lannister. Oh my god, he would be so good. Why didn't right? I thought of that yes, before? He Oh, oh no, now I don't want it to be Mads McClellson, I want it to be no. like Karl like He was my number two. But yeah, basically oh, me and Neil so were having this that they just need to s- just cycle every film, just swap the actor without saying yeah, anything, just but swap it from good and a bad at, like, one. different people yeah just like good bad actor be hilarious but yeah uh yeah if it wasn't mads i would have wanted it to be jamie lannister oh that would be so good wouldn't he be good but yeah mads is actually like just the right acting style the right aesthetic the right heritage oh my god he's gonna be so good like i really hope that they don't style him in the same way no um, don't make him look like the, how they yeah did the weird no because that's the thing it will like I, I don't think that johnny depp was right and i don't think his acting was right but like also the way that they styled him was, was awful it was bizarre it was so bad it was so, everything about it, it was, was bizarre. comical but anyway we will like leave this like a timestamp in this basically if anyone asks us this again we'll just leave this section to yeah. refer to but thank you you for asking that question it is an important question to answer like obviously we're also this is a very very complicated issue where not all the evidence has come out so i want to say again that any statement we make on this podcast this podcast although the problem the problem with podcasting is people listen to it in a linear order so our statements that we made two years ago are listened to at a current time and this is a evolving pop like culture situation where any statement we make is only what we believe at the time the statement come out and you should never hold people to something they believe yeah. at the level of different evidence that's come out at different yeah. times it's this not is, fair to hold yeah. people this to is that. something i actually meant to say earlier and i forgot but like even now all of the evidence on the case is not out not out um, and it is we can only speak on what we know publicly and we will never ever ever know the full picture and this is another reason that i have a massive issue with the fact that people are condemning Amber Heard over Johnny just because Johnny spoke last like do you know what I mean like I have massive massive issue with this is that like we will never know the full issue and I think this the full reality of the case and I think the safest thing you can do when there's kind of like wish-washy evidence in both directions here is to say you know what I think that both of these people are bad and I don't want to support them. Which is actually, if you go and listen to when we made the original statement, we actually said we think they're both shitty people. Like, I think I remember saying, like, there is evidence that Amber Heard did shitty things. And like, although she might, she's like, I don't know. Like, basically, you should never, just in general, just don't hold people to an opinion they might have had before all the evidence came out. But I also just think, you know what I mean, like, both of these people have made so much money now far more more money than they deserve like if we cut them from the industry at this point to better be safe than sorry they're not going to be on the street starving they're still going to be living such an incredibly high life quality far better quality of life than we have do you know what i mean like we can cut both of these people off from the industry because there is evidence that both of these people are bad undeserving people regardless of whether they're a you know however you want to class their abuse they're both going to be Do you know what I mean? Like, we're not casting them out onto the street. Yeah. And yes, it would suck if someone completely had done absolutely nothing wrong and was accused, but there is enough, like, undeniable evidence that both of these people, on maybe varying degrees, have done something wrong. Yeah. But we will never know the full picture, but there is undeniable evidence that both of these people have abused each other and neither of them should ever work again. Yeah. So, but again, as I said, like, I'll stay at the... Until... Some more evidence comes to light this will be our
1: opinion on this
0: but we are perfectly fine with our opinion changing because opinions should be we should be allowed the freedom to change our opinion we should anyway anyway uh so as a summary of the white claw yes um, if you guys have forgotten at the beginning of the previous episode (laughs) uh, harrison challenges to drink three cans of white claw to test whether it does make you drunk My summary has to be, bear in mind, we've had three and one of them we shotgunned. I don't feel that much more drunk. I feel a little bit. Yeah, I don't feel as drunk as if I drunk three of another drink. However, I do think... It's difficult to tell because we had drinks before. Also, if you can hear weird background noise, Mizu is playing with a David meowy cat toy that has catnip in. He, he loves it. It's a cat that looks like David Bowie. Actually, no. Do you know what? I think if I stood up, I would feel a little bit drunky. But like, I'm definitely not sober, but I just don't think I feel like massively worse than I was before. Yeah, I don't feel like drunk drunk, but I feel merry. Yeah. What I will say about White Claw Harrison, which we did, weren't warned about, is dig. God, the fizziness has caused so much trapped gas and yeah. air inside I'm of me. I'm sorry the last two episodes have been both of us burping. I I can't burp, so it's just been me gurgling. Harrison, I'm in so much pain. Why would you do this to her, Harrison? My stomach is swollen to the size of a football. I'd give a warning about white claw and its gassiness. Yes, definitely. But, um, but that's just fizzy drinks. I wouldn't say it made us smashed. No, but I would say it, it was a, it's a good merry. level of alcohol, and I definitely think there's nothing to be ashamed of being a lightweight. No, definitely not. Like I think if you're drunk after two of those, then that is a pretty good deal. Yeah, I agree. But thank you, Harrison, for thank this you experiment. Harrison. That was actually we were talking about in the last episode. I edited people being more creative when their alcohol suggestions, and this was a great alcohol suggestion. It was a really good alcohol suggestion. So thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons. Vera, Veronica, Sandra, Samuel, Rhiannon, Nataleb, Kristen, Katie, Catherine, Nathan, Jacqueline, and Harrison. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon, where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye!